Hello and welcome to Guys Without Helmets, a podcast all about pro and fantasy football. My name is Dave Hanvey. I'm your host. And as always, I'm joined by my guys, Josh and Caleb. Today is a special episode, guys. We're going to talk about booms and busts. Every year, as players are drafted, everybody is heralded as the next latest, greatest thing. So we want to unpack that a little bit, give you our opinion on the skill positions of the draft on offense this week, move over to defense next week. But we want to talk about some potential booms or busts. So guys, with that, let's jump right on in. Everybody in the planet, as we've talked about for weeks, has anointed Trevor Lawrence as the next best thing at the quarterback position. There were four guys drafted behind him in our top five. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Of those five guys, and guys, we can unpack this however you want, but of those five guys, I'm curious to hear who you think is the biggest boom that can't miss from that draft. Yeah, obviously you have you have Trevor Lawrence at one. Everyone expects him to be good. He went number one overall, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then you have Justin Fields, who we've said multiple times in several episodes that we think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft. Right. So when the Bears got him to pick 11, we thought that was a great spot for him, as well as with Allen Robinson. And with that offense, they haven't really had the, everything together on that offense with Nagy and right. Trubisky and Foles and every other quarterback to play there. A lot of quarterback but, ba- uh, busts. Yeah, and they finally got their guy. And I think that's a great spot for him with such an alpha receiver and other, other pieces that really haven't clicked with the other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Great spot for them. And I think that's a boom, boom spot for Fields. Yeah. Caleb? Yeah, I think my favorite pick for quarterback is Kyle Trask. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me, Kyle Trask. The, the, yeah, he went to the Bucks. Uh, I think it's a perfect situation. He's sitting behind Bruce Arians and the GOAT, Tom Brady, and he has the perfect situation, really. I mean, the wide receiver room's crowded. They have a lot of veterans on their field. Yeah. They have a lot of everything going for him, and he's just sitting under Tom Brady. If he decides to help him out, would be great for him. Yeah, I definitely think, and we, we touched on a little bit last week, but I agree. Uh, that offense, everything about it is, is the right formula. Uh, so you're thinking that because he has the time, the coaching staff, you know, the GOAT there in front of him, that that's just the perfect storm for him really booming. Yeah. Okay, what about busts? Um, you could keep Kyle Trask. That'll, that'll be our, our sixth quarterback. Um Every year, when as quarterbacks are brought in, inevitably, not all of them are going to play well. So, gosh, guys, this is a tough one for me because I think they all have huge upside. We've said also in past weeks that we thought Justin Fields was our second choice and Zach Wilson going two was the was the way it was going to go, and it did. I don't know about Zach Wilson. I want to like the guy. I, I like that he's already working out and he's already you know grinding and getting his rookie receiver in there, and they're they're already spending time together. I love that. Uh, but if I had to pick a of that list of those guys, I think the guy with the greatest opportunity to potentially bust maybe would be Zach Wilson. I hope I'm wrong. I like the kid. What do y'all think for your bust? Yeah, I would agree. Zach Wilson is most likely to bust because you look at other quarterbacks in this draft, like Trevor Lawrence went with Urban Meyer, Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan, and Justin Fields with Matt Nagy. They're in way better positions than Zach Wilson is. He went to the Jets, which is a rebuilding franchise with a new coach, new system, less weapons in my opinion. It's just the least of these compared to the other guys. Yeah, and I, let me touch on that for because the news broke today that, that um, Tim Tebow is going to sign a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. So he's a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. So that, that, that brings me to my next point. Maybe this is a great question for us to put out there to our listeners. Tim Tebow hasn't played in a long time. Boom or bust? Bust. Complete bust. <laughs> you guys don't think he makes the starting lineup, huh? I think he'll score a single touchdown if he does play. A single all year, as in he's going to make it that long? If he makes it that long, I mean... <laughs> I think he's much more of just a coach. He's like the fourth oldest tight end in the league. <laughs> it has been a very long time since he, he's been on a football yeah. field. I don't, I don't even know if he has a reception 
in his career at all anyways. I mean, he's never played tight end in his career, has he? I mean, I know they talked about moving to tight end when he came back in the league before to the Eagles. But... He should have just been drafted as a, like Taysom Hill. Yeah. But they whiffed on that. Yeah, I mean, because he was such, you know, a standout college quarterback. And this is the way it goes sometimes. You're such a good college quarterback. Someone's going to roll the dice with you at the pros. And too many times, I think that's where they missed the mark. But, all right, let me make sure we agree. Trevor Lawrence, boom. We think mm-hmm. he's going to be great. The whole world probably does. Uh, Tim Tebow, bust. Yes. Okay. What about you, Josh? What about your bust quarterback from the top five? Yeah, I would agree it's uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, he's just been propped up so much to be one of those bust picks. Just like, I mean, Trubisky got pumped up so much that yeah. he was even the first overall quarterback in his draft. And the Bears moved up one more spot from three to get him, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But Yeah, because of the two guys that ultimately went behind him, right? Yeah. Well, ultimately, when you look before the season that Wilson had, he wasn't even on the list. He's just one of those guys that came out of nowhere and had a very good season, not to add, and not a very good division. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I believe he has the arm talent, maybe, but I don't think, as in terms of quarterback play, he's not the best quarterback, in my opinion. And I think it's a great fit for him, great fit with the uh, with LaFleur mm-hmm. and a new head coach and all that, but I don't think he's what they need. I think they should have gone fields, as we've said often and before, but uh, I just don't think he's a good player at pick two, and I think he's set up, he's set up to bust. All right, so there you have it. Our quarterback boom and bust. Let's move down to the running back position. I think we all agree that uh, the first running back picked was the right one, Najee Harris. Then we went Travis Etienne. Then we went Javon Williams, Trey Sermon, and Michael Carter. So those are our five. Uh, let's talk about who has the greatest potential to be a boom. Uh, I think, obviously, Najee Harris. He went to the perfect system. Pittsburgh, they were a bottom-tier run game last year, and they really need their running back starved when you look at them play. I mean, Benny Snell was supposed to be good. He ended up not being really good at all. James Conner couldn't stay healthy. Jalen Samuels couldn't stay healthy either. And then they drafted Anthony McFarlane last year, and he ended up being okay, but he's kind of undersized. I think Najee Harris is perfect because he's all of them in one body. Yeah, I mean, I would add, instead of saying, hey, Big Ben's washed up, he's uh, he's a terrible quarterback, he's old, whatever. How about they have no running game and you can't take the pressure off the passing game and then suddenly things look very predictable when you know they're going to pass the ball, especially to those receivers who like to spread the field and go downfield. All right, uh, boom for running back, Josh. Yeah, I would have to agree with Harris. Even if he's even if he's not what he was in college, he's going to get the volume. He's going to get everything from that team. Just with the draft capital that he had at pick 24, he's going to get all those carries, and he's going to get all the work, and he's going to get all the touchdown work, just like we've seen with past running backs on the team like Le'Veon. Yeah. He was a clear number one. They didn't give the ball to anybody else. That's why he was one of the top backs in the league and top fantasy backs. I think Harris can do that on this team. While it's not the same team, not the same O-line, I think he's good enough to prosper without that. Yeah, I would agree. I like. I, I didn't think I did uh, when I first uh, – when I thought about the value that Travis Etienne brought, you know, 5'10", 205, I, I really thought, well, uh, I don't know how he's going to do. But thinking about the prospect of him playing with Urban Meyer and playing with his quarterback – I think that's kind of a great plug-and-play example. Obviously, they copied it a couple times with other wide receivers going to their familiar quarterback. But I wasn't as hyped. And I I agree with you guys. Najee Harris for me is a boom. I think Travis could do some damage. I think in the short term, he's going to be an easy plug-and-play guy. So I think Travis Etienne could have an impact as well. Yeah, I think Etienne is another obvious boom for me. He, uh, the head coach said it just drafted him, it recruited him out of high school. He wanted him out of high school to go play for him, as well as Tra- Tra- or Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. They're paired back together. So there's two two things there that 
lead to ETN being good and right. getting the ball in his hand. Even though James Robinson did so well, ETN's going to get the ball on that team, including that they draft him in the first round. So as well as the familiarity there with the coach and with the with the quarterback, I think that's a great fit for him on that team. Okay. So those are some booms. Of those five guys, what do you think is going to be the biggest potential for a bust? Trey Sermon. I don't think he's going to bust necessarily, but out of the five, he's more likely to because he's going to the 49ers as a crowded running back room. He's got a lot to prove. Yeah, they have Raheem Mostert. They have Jeff Wilson. They have Wayne Gallman they signed recently. They have Jermichael Hasty still. I mean, he has to fight up that depth chart. So I think out of the five, he's most likely to bust, and he's he plays pretty similar to most of those guys there already. So it's going to be a hard time for him. Yeah. Yeah, and while he's he has good vision, and while he wasn't productive, he's pretty good at the, the same type of play that the 49ers play. Right. Or 49ers have there. And uh, I think it's a good pick for them. But in terms of this year especially, I don't think he's going to produce a ton with them having all the backs, like you said, and Raheem Mostert and a bunch of guys they signed this offseason, as well as drafting another back and Elijah Mitchell, I believe, at the end of the draft. So there's a ton of running backs there. And it might be like a Ronald Jones pick where he comes in, everyone overdrafts him, expects him to be good because the scheme fit and the coaching and Kyle Shanahan, whoever's there, is going to be good, whatever people want to say about the offense. I think he's set up to fail this year, but – Later down the line, he could be very solid for them. All right. The tight end position was dominated in the headlines by Kyle Pitts from Florida, uh, who should raise the bar uh, substantially over the era of tight ends. Um, let's see how that goes. I, I do think that, that Kyle certainly deserves all, this, uh, all the attention he's been getting lately. But there were four guys drafted behind him. Who do you guys think outside of Kyle Pitts? Because uh, I think we all agree that he's, he's going to be a star in this league. But is there somebody else that you think could potentially boom other than him at the tight end position this year? Yeah, unpopular opinion, but Trey McKitty coming out of Georgia. He got drafted by the L.A. Chargers, and I think he's going to fit perfectly in that scheme. They lost Hunter Henry this past offseason, mm-hmm. and Herbert loves throwing to tight ends. He was throwing to Parham and Henry a lot last year, and I think McKitty's a perfect fit for them because he can block, he can catch, he's dynamic. He reminds me a lot of Johnny Smith. Uh, he's a two-dimensional tight end. He could do anything, really. I think Herbert's going to love checking down to him. All right. Yeah, and my, my candidate to boom is Hunter Long. I believe he was the third drafted tight end. He was my third tight end overall in my ranking personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a great fit for Miami. He's not, you know, not going to be down the field like we might or how we saw Gusecki in the last two years. Right. Gusecki really expanded his game when he was able to play deep, and I think Hunter Long is more of a possession-type player. He's not Jason Witten, but he plays a lot like those reliable-type tight ends where he can catch the ball no matter what, get initial separation and catch it when you need him to. More of a possession. Very very reliable player. And I think that's a great fit for Tua, who we saw who was scared to throw the ball down the field. Checking that thing down a lot last year. Yeah, I agree. I think initially looking at this draft, it was Kyle Pitts and and who else? But uh, looking through some of the fits, I agree. I I think Pittsburgh's tight end is going to be great. I think Miami got, like you said, some parity out of Hunter Long. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think the top five are pretty solid. uh, Pretty solid guys. I don't... I don't know the, who I would recommend would bust. What do you guys have for a busted tight end? Um, I have one that was not in the top five. I have Brevin Jordan from Miami. He got drafted by, to Houston, and it's pretty self-explanatory. He's going to the worst team in the league. They have a new coach, new system, questions at quarterback, questions at everything on their depth chart, really. I mean, they just need help, and I think he's going to a terrible situation. I think it could be good if Watson plays, he can get a ton of targets, or even if Davis Mills starts and they, he has to throw everything to him. I mean, we just have to wait and see, but on paper right now, it looks terrible for him. Yeah, and he was he was a top five tight end mm-hmm. before the, the draft season. 
where he but he tested terribly when he when he did his combine at Exos or whatever mm-hmm. wherever they went. Um, he didn't test well, and then he didn't get the draft capital whatsoever. And so that might be concerning, just like it was for a receiver like Tyler Johnson last year, who people had in their top ten, top close to top five even, and he ended up not testing well or not testing at all. And then he ended up going late in the draft and not getting a ton of play time in the NFL last year. So he could be one of those picks. People liked him a ton, and he might not actually do anything in the NFL. We don't know. But the draft capital is something that points at him not producing immediately. Yeah, and it's also important that we talk, we'll talk about this more in further episodes. But the tight end position is one with which you can have a solid tight end who's going to help your team just by, by catching things underneath and having possession and making key blocks for your running back, and that is not going to reflect in his fantasy score at all. Um, so I joke here in the house is always I ask the guys, you know, hey, he's a great you know tight end. He plays like a receiver, but can he, can he block? And that's a joke we have here in the house. But it's true. Sometimes these guys can be very effective tight ends, keep their job for a long time, have very humble numbers, and not be fantasy booms, but can be a boom on the team because of what they add to that scheme and, and blocking and those other pieces. So good points, guys. Um, let's move on to the wide receiver position. This was this is interesting for me because we had dialogue that this is probably not the deepest wide receiver draft. But then as Jeremiah and everyone starts coming out with their rankings, we start seeing a, more guys and, and stretching out our top list because they had a top five. We had some guys from a previous episode we mentioned that should have been higher than they were. So we're really stretching into more like a 10 12, I mean, there's more receivers maybe with some talent than maybe we thought. Maybe this is a little deeper wide receiver draft. But let's talk about uh, the top five. Um, Jamar Chase was one, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Kadarius Toney, Rashad Bateman. Now, the interesting thing is the draft went a little different than they thought, and some of these guys got shuffled around. But there's a lot of names that aren't in the top five, so let's open it up a bit. Biggest opportunity to boom as a wide receiver. I think, obviously, Jamar Chase going the first wide receiver off the board. He's going to the perfect situation. They need a wide receiver there. They have a void with A.J. Green gone. Um, He's going back to his quarterback, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow actually threw over 40 times a game last year, so it's going to be a really good opportunity for Jamar Chase to get some targets. My only concern for Chase is that he's got drafted so high, so they're expecting great things from him. So he's got to produce well. But my guy is Rashad Bateman. I've said it before. He's my wide receiver, too. Mm -hmm. And he got... He went to a place for a team that's been trying to get a receiver for a long time. It's the Ravens. They approached every big receiver in free agency. They got nobody. They actually ended up getting Sammy Watkins, who is more or less towards the bottom for them, and they got him. He's not going to be their wide receiver one, but he's going to be solid. But Bateman fills that big X position they've been looking for forever. Yep. Yep. And uh, he's going to get targets. He might be immediately the wide receiver one on the team. Wow. High value for Bateman. Yeah, for me at least. It all depends on how much Lamar throws to him. I don't think that the offense is going to be like a high-passing offense because sure. it's never been with Greg Roman. Yeah, and this this gives them opportunities to take shots down the field with Hollywood. He's going to be more open. He's not going to be a number one target. Andrews has been a guy he's had to heavily rely on. He mm-hmm. gets a little bit more room with Bateman coming in. So I think it opens up the offense a lot. While they're not going to be a pass-heavy offense all of a sudden, this unlocks their offense much more than it was before. Yeah, and I don't know that I have a boom as much as I'm just kind of falling in love with Elijah Moore. I just hope the kid does really well. And he was the one I was talking about that's been working out, you know, in semi-pads with his new rookie quarterback. Uh, And they just both look like they've got that eye of the tiger right now. Like, they both have something to prove. So, I like Elijah Moore. I don't know if he's boom or bust. I'm just saying, guys, keep an eye on him. He looks like a fun guy to root for this year. All right. 
So with this massive list, I realize there's more than the guys we mentioned. Who do you think has the biggest of the hype? We go outside the top five. I'm great with that because there's so many of these guys this year. Who do you think has the biggest potential to bust? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Louisville receivers. Uh, Tutu Atwell, he got drafted in the second round. Mm-hmm. He's expected to do big things for that team. But their receiving core is already heavy there at the Rams. They drafted Van Jefferson in the second round last year. Mm-hmm. They're, start, they're talking about how he's this pro-ready receiver. He's a big-time receiver, whatever. They keep talking about him, but he's never played. He's ba- he's barely played, I should say. So, they, And to your point with Jefferson, you're saying – because they have such talent in front of him, he may have a hard time even making that starting roster. Yeah, and then you add on Atwell, who they're saying is Deshaun Jackson. How, however, you, yeah. however, the team wants to talk themselves into the pick. Right. He's a five foot nine, one hundred fifty five pound receiver. So he he had concerns about Devonta Smith. You definitely have concerns about Tutu Atwell. <laughs> Size, yeah. And he got drafted in the second round on a team that already doesn't have any picks in any year. They never have a first round pick because they're always trading for players. So he's going to a loaded receiving room. He's expected to do big things. And so was Van Jefferson, and he did nothing. And so was Daryl Henderson, and he did nothing his first year. So I immediately... Gerald out of Everett the, did nothing his whole career there. Yeah. I mean, they, they draft players, and they do nothing. So I don't... I wouldn't get too hype on Tutu. He might, at best, and this is kind of a stretch, be the punt returner. Okay. Well, you mentioned Louisville. Does that imply Des Fitzpatrick as well? Yeah, Des Fitzpatrick is a guy that the Titans took at pick 109, I believe. Mm-hmm. And... uh I think the expectations might be a little too high because, hey, they have A.J. Brown, and they lost right. Johnny Smith, and they lost Corey Davis, and now they have Des Fitzpatrick and Josh Reynolds. So there's plenty of room for targets, and you might be expecting big things from them. But I don't think he, – he went over players that should have been drafted before him, like Amon Ross, St. Brown, who we could have talked about in the boom. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think he was overdrafted, and I think people are expecting a little too much from a guy that shouldn't have been drafted that high, in my opinion. What about we, – we've heard a lot of talk about – Aaron Rodgers to Amari Rodgers. It seems like a lot of people were very happy with that pick as if he is going to be a weapon, assuming Aaron Rodgers, of course, throws his way. Uh, but being that he is the skill position, the weapon they chose to take, how does that look? Do you think the Amari Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers thing could be a thing? Or is that kind of a, eh? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, th- I think Amari Rodgers is a good pick. He's, he's, he's a great slot receiver. He doesn't mm-hmm. do much after the catch, but he's going to get you those receptions in the middle of the field. He's going to open up the middle of the field more than they ever had had before because they haven't had a slot receiver in quite some time. And that's a compliment to what they already have in place? Yeah. He's, people comp on the Randall Cobb, and they drafted their Randall Cobb. So they're getting another okay. guy just like that in the middle of the field. Don't expect him to have these massive plays after the catch or anything, but he's going to get receptions. He's going to be a solid receiver for that team. All right, Caleb, you've got to have a bust on this list at wide receiver. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to stay in the top five wide receivers drafted at the 20th pick, Kadarius Toney. Wide receiver from Florida, Gators mm-hmm. drafted to the Giants. Um, I I don't I don't I don't like them. I mean I think they stretched at pick twenty. I think they could have got other guys that are better there, like Elijah Moore, right, or Rashad Bateman, or Amari Rogers, or Amon Ross St. Brown. And I can <laughs> list three little, more yeah, if you want me to. List, but yeah. the the Giants last year were I think twenty eighth in passing offense. Daniel Jones I think had eight touchdowns or eight to eleven. I can't. <laughs> I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I think he had three rushing, eight passing. I don't know. But Kadarius Tony goes to a team that now has all of a sudden enough wide receivers on the roster. They got John Ross, they got Kenny Galladay. I mean, I don't know. Slayton Shepard. Yeah, Slayton Shepard, Ingram, Saquon's going to take a lot of receptions. It's just not a good spot. I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. I don't think Tony's going to add much to their offense. Yeah, and it feels like everyone was joking about Dave Gettleman never trades back. I think that only happened because one of the two receivers didn't follow them. We knew Chase likely wasn't going to follow them, and there was talk about Smith falling down. And when Smith didn't fall down, they traded back and just took 
their next best guy in their opinion at receiver. Mm -hmm. So I think it was more of a stretch pick, and that's why he could easily be a bust because he didn't produce in college. He didn't do anything really until his final year, and then he got drafted in the first round because of that. So there's a lot of high expectations, just like there is for Wilson and all these highly drafted players, but I don't think he's going to produce immediately or at all. Well, yeah, I'm not roasting Giants fans. I'm not roasting the Giants. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a stretch pick at 20. I mean, I'll roast him a little bit. I mean, they took Daniel Jones, and it was it was uh, laughter erupted in, in our I know our draft party. I mean, sometimes I think the Giants, uh, their evaluation system is a little different than everybody else's. Uh, like I said, I've talked to some Giant fans. They seem okay with the pick. They you know uh, they don't seem to have a problem with it. But good on them. Yeah, and the stretch picks usually are the ones that don't work out. You have receivers that people like their receiver gets picked, and then they trade into the back of the first, and they get a guy that they want that's just next on their board, and they end up being a bust. And I think, this, while this isn't a receiver, this is, this is quarterbacks. Quarterbacks drafted at the late round of the first, the only good ones that have been picked are Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater over the last decade. And, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. And yeah. Lamar Jackson got hated because everyone called him a receiver and he can't play quarterback. So these stretch picks generally have not worked out in the past, and I think Kadarius Toney is another one on that list. Yeah, and surprisingly, we've talked about seven of the top receivers draft except for Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith uh, talking about Miami and, and Tua you have to talk about Jalen Waddle I mean I think he's going to be a great fit for them I don't know boom or bust I think Jalen Waddle is what they should have got with that pick and I think with Philadelphia drafting where they did they picked up Devonta Smith I think that's the right pick I mean I think those fell where they should have fallen would y'all agree yeah my, my only thing with Jalen Waddle is he's very similar to a guy that they got in the offseason right. they have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle well well, Will Fuller doesn't have a long-term contract, and obviously Waddle has the long-term contract now because right. he got drafted in the first round. I think they're very similar, and I don't know what they're doing beyond that, but they just seem too close for me. I would have liked to seen them get a bigger receiver. Too similar on either side. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just I think they should have gone Smith, but they got Waddle. Yeah, I would just look for Smith to do what he did in college. Probably not to the, the caliber that he did because it is a step up, obviously, in talent mm -hmm. across the board in the NFL. I think the Smith will be the best receiver in the draft. Even going to the rebuilding Eagles, it's kind of a – I didn't want him to go there because I'm, <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan, for one, and two, I wanted him to succeed immediately. So I think he'll end up being long-term good there. But I don't know about this season. It, it all depends on how good Jalen Hurts is and if they even want to stick with him. Yeah, they, they have a ton of picks next year. But if Jalen Hurts isn't good and they have a top-five pick, they could easily go with a Spencer Rattler or whatever quarterback ends up going down there, a Slovis. Whoever's in the top five, excluding a Rattler, they could easily get if they're a bottom five team. Sure, I see that as well. Well, that wraps up our boom or bust section this week. Uh, we're going to do this again next week with some defensive players to help give you guys some perspective on what we think is going to happen with their productivity this year. Guys, as always, make sure and turn to Instagram for latest breaking news updates. We have some discussion questions up there. We'd love for you guys to, to give us some feedback there. Also, um, tune in each week on Wednesdays. Wednesday mornings, we'll have this podcast ready for you guys for your ride to work. So once again, we appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy days. Hope you have a great week. <laughs>